You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! A goodbye baseball! Ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here. We have a fun one to talk about last night. A wild one in Detroit as the Mariners take game one of the series in Detroit. So we'll get to that. Anthony Bass will hear from him. He's from Detroit, so he'll talk about that. That comes up in a few minutes. Also, Luis Clemente was in Seattle over the weekend to celebrate Edgar Martinez. And we'll hear from him, Aaron Goldsmith, the chance to sit down with him as well. A great conversation, one you don't want to miss. So that is going to happen as well. So a lot to get to in this podcast. Very happy to have you here as the Mariners take game one of what was a very interesting and very entertaining game in Detroit. And it featured, well, I guess it featured Kyle Seeger and Tom Murphy quite a bit as they would go back-to-back not once but twice in the ball game. And the first time it happened in the fourth inning, started with Kyle Seeger. Here's the pitch of the way, swinging a high drive deep to right field by Seeger. Going back is Demerit looking up and goodbye baseball. Kyle Seeger unties it. Seeger with his 12th home run of the season, straightaway right field. It's now the Mariners 2 and the Tigers 1 here in the top of the 4th. And Kyle continues his hot hitting. He's now hit safely in 17 of his last 18 games for an average of 355. He's been on a roll. Then Murphy would back it up with a blast. Next off for a swing and a fly ball deep to right field down the line. Demerit going back looking up. Goodbye baseball. Tom Murphy goes back to back with Kyle Seeger. Murphy the other way down the right field line. And the Mariners now lead the Tigers by a score of 3-1. to one. And for Murphy, home run number 11. Mariners would fall behind, but then back to back Again in the sixth inning, and the Mariners would capture the lead. Here's a 1-1 pitch. Breaking ball. Swung on, driven deep to right. There it is. We get a tie ball game. That baby's gone. Way out of here. Kyle Seeger, back-to-back plate appearances with home runs. This one, a three-run jack, ties it at 6-6. Man, did he jump on that one. Yeah, that was absolutely crushed. And then Murphy again. 2-1. There's Murphy going deep to left, and that baby's way out of here. Wow. wow. The Murph gives the Mariners a 7-6 lead here in the sixth. He goes back-to-back back with Seager for the second time tonight. Wow, what a blast that was. I'm telling you, folks, that's about 25 rows back, headed towards that big scoreboard, 25 rows back up into the left field stands. And then Seeger would hit his third home run of the ball game as he got plenty of help from the left fielder guiding the ball over the wall off his glove into the stands. <laughs> as, hey, he'll take it. 
three home runs. And the 2-1 pitch swinging a high fly ball into left center field. And deep going back. The center fielder and making the catch at the top of the wall. And is it gone? Did he make the catch? Is it gone? It is gone over the wall off the glove of Nico Goodrum. And Kyle Seager has done it. His third home run of the night. First time ever in Kyle's career hitting three home runs in one game. He joins the circle of honor by his teammates inside the Mariners' first base dugout, and the Mariners lead the Tigers by a score of 11-6. What a night for Kyle. So Goodrum was like a step onto the track, had it in his glove, and I'm sure you've seen the highlight by now. If you haven't, you really should track it down because it's pretty highly entertaining. And we talked about Seager having some bad luck this last month. Well, that that turned at least on one play. <laughs> the Mariners end up beating Detroit and Boyd, their ace, eleven to six. The final Boyd ends up giving giving up six earned runs in five and a third innings. So nice job by the M's offense. They pound out eleven runs, eleven hits, eleven to six. The final. Tom Murphy, who after one of his home runs did a cartwheel in the dugout, which you don't see very often. Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with him on the field after the game. Here with Tom Murphy right now. And, Tom, what a fun game, offensively in particular. You didn't quite out-duel Kyle Seeger, but two home runs in a game for you. Didn't have that success against Boyd last time. How did you go in with your approach today? Uh, you know, he, he's pretty aggressive in the strike zone with his two-pitch mix. I uh, was just looking for something within my zone and hopefully putting better swings on it than I did last time. Home run number one kind of got me thinking of something that you talked about after your last time we had this conversation on the pitching side. Got to get that fastball up. Looked like he didn't quite get that up enough. Yeah, exactly, and that's uh, not something I'm looking for now in my approach and stuff like that. And uh, Luckily, today was a little different. Kyle Seeger on fire. What did you see from him? Uh, he's putting good swings on the ball, and uh, he stayed in the strike zone, controlled that really well, and he got pitches to hit, and, you know, he did the most with him. Okay, a little bit of celebration we saw. Cameras did pick it up. Not sure about the form. I think that technically was a cartwheel in the dugout. What were you doing there? Yeah, so I was just, before the game started, I commented on how nice these dugouts are and how much space there is, and Sandberg agreed with me, so I said, that, you know, I'd like to do a cartwheel in this dugout because it's really nice and big and that sort of thing, and uh, so before my first at bat, I said, if I hit a homer, I'm going to do a cartwheel tonight for you. And he was laughing, not thinking I would do it, so I, I had to do it. Had you ever done one before? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, my uh, <laughs> my daughter's a, a gymnast, so we practice all the time. Obviously, I need a lot more practice than, than she probably does, so I'll, I'll keep practicing. And what's the key to a good cartwheel? That's a good question. Probably being an athlete, and that was not on display tonight for me. It was definitely an <laughs> athletic move. Nice way to start out a road trip. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Tom Murphy will send it back up to you. There it is, Tom Murphy, cartwheels and all. And here's Scott Service after the ball game uh, on this Mariners win. A little bit of everything, including Sager's first three home run game. Do you count that as a, as a full three home run game? They all count. Uh, it's hard to hit home runs in this league. Uh, great, great night by Kyle, obviously. Uh, got on the left-hander, a couple home runs there, and then he got a little help you know, on the third one. Uh, I was... Really, it's hard to do. It's hard to hit homers and you know, putting three together. Murphy had a couple, a couple right behind him. Um, so, really needed it tonight. Um, you know, offensively did a lot of good things. Our bullpen was really good. Unfortunately, our starting pitching wasn't uh, as good tonight. So, everybody's got to chip in, do their job. Uh, nice to 
win a ball game here, doing it the way we did, you know, getting the runs we did really big. Same, I'm sorry, same problems you, you saw with Yusef? Uh, just, you know, a couple different things. Um, didn't really repeat what he had done last time out. Uh, I thought against the Padres uh, was very, you know, solid mechanically, and he just, he just wasn't able to uh, repeat what he'd done last time. Update on, on Brandon, why he came out? Uh, you know, um, I think he tested out fine. Um, you know, he kind of perfect storm. He, he worked out upper body today. He was on the bullpen, probably threw, he threw too many pitches. We had the extended inning uh, there, so when he came in, you kind of tell right from the first couple warm-up pitches he wasn't right. And, you know, when I went out there, um, and like I said, he, he tested out fine, but it was, didn't look good, and, and he didn't feel quite right, so, so we got him out of there. We'll see how he is tomorrow. Kyle's been on a pretty good roll. you got to be impressed with how he's kind of turned things around here. Really am. Yeah, Kyle's, Kyle's timing right now at the plate, you know, all of his bats now were, were really, really good. You know, he does have track record of hitting homers against the lefties. He, he always has throughout his career. Um, you know, he got a fastball, first one, second one was a breaking ball. Um, nice to see. Um, getting some, some payback for all the work he put in this offseason. It's getting the results he's looking for, and hopefully it continues. Uh, we need a few more guys to pick it up, and a lot of guys did that, I think, up and down the line of guys contributed with hits or, or getting on base via the walk. Murphy's not a guy who plays every day. He plays a decent amount, but he's shown some offensive spurts at times. Uh, he's, Murph's done a really nice job with our pitching staff. Starts there, you know, his pitch framing and, and kind of understanding game planning and stuff like that. Offensively, what we got from him, it's a credit to him. He's really made a ton of adjustments. Really, from when we first got him, he wanted to change some things, found something to have some success with, and he's played a lot with all the left-handed pitching we see. Uh, he's a nice guy to have in there. You have a uh, reaction or a score of his uh, cartwheel post-home uh, that's, that's a crazy story there. So yeah, He says these are the greatest dugouts in the world. The dugouts here are really big. He said, you know, you do a cartwheel in here. I said, I'm gonna, if I hit a home run, I'm going to do a cartwheel. Uh, sure enough, he walks up there and, and hits one out. Uh, he's got a young daughter might be in, in gymnastics or something, and then he does it again. Of course, you've got to do it again. So it was fun. Uh, light in the moment. Uh, but he called it. He said, if I hit a homer, there's enough room to do a cartwheel in here. Lo and behold, he did it. So uh, it was fun. Guys were enjoying it. Long balls are going a lot in, but you worried about you say it's home run totally here. Uh, yeah, you got to execute pitches. You know, uh, he's in the middle of the plate. Uh, disappointed uh, tonight. He, like I said, he, I thought he had found something his last time out, um, and like I said, he just wasn't able to repeat it tonight. Um, and that's on him. You know, he's a pro. He's pitched a lot. You know, when you find something that works, you got to trust and you got to stay with it. Uh, and we didn't see that tonight. Okay, there it is, Scott Service. And now tonight, 4-10 first pitch, Marco takes the ball against the well-traveled Edwin Jackson. Thursday, 10-10, uh, opener Tommy Malone, Spencer Turnbull. We'll get the ball for Detroit. Uh, next podcast, Friday, and the Mariners head to Toronto for game one of that weekend series. Then Tampa after that, this long road trip. First things first, Mariners a chance to take a series tonight as we will turn things over to Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with Anthony Bass. Shannon Dreyer in the dugout here at Comerica Park, catching up with Anthony Bass, who it's been great to see you late in games. We're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. But also, I was going to talk to you anyway, and then I looked, and I'm like, hey, you're our Michigander on the team right now. You grew up not too far from here. Yep, grew up uh, in Trenton, about 25 minutes south of uh, downtown here, and uh, it's always nice to come on back. You're going to have some folks in the stands, I imagine. Yeah, friends and family over the next few days will be coming to the ballpark and saying hi, and uh, I always enjoy that. It's fantastic. And when it came time to go to college, 
Wayne State was your choice. That's right down there. Why Wayne State? I just felt very comfortable on my visit there back in the day. They made me feel very um, welcome. They uh, offered, um, I was going to school to be a dentist originally. They had a pre-dentistry program. <laughs> and uh, they'd offered me a scholarship to play there, and it just worked out. When did you kind of figure out that's going on the back burner? Say again? When did you figure out dentistry was going on the back burner? <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom, she's a dental hygienist, and um, my older sister was going to school to be a dental hygienist. So we, we had thrown out the idea of opening up a family practice, um, but it didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> but that was kind of the, the plan B. I was, my plan A was always to play in the major leagues. Okay. Plan A was a good one. I'm glad that one took. Uh, going to school... In Detroit, I would imagine you had opportunities to come to games. I did, yet I um, was fortunate enough to play in a high school all-star game here in 2005, and I also got a chance to come here as well as Old Tiger Stadium when I was a kid. Well, you did. and Okay, what do you remember about Old Tiger Stadium? That's where I got my first baseball. Uh, I even remember the guy who gave it to me. He was uh, His last name was Matthews. He's a pitcher for the Orioles, and I was watching him throw a baseball against the right field wall during batting practice, and when he was finished, I was the only kid standing around, and he flipped it over to me, and uh, I was super excited. I ran over to my dad and showed him the ball, and, and uh, that just made my, my entire entire day. Yeah, it's a great old park. Unfortunately, unfortunately, most of it is gone, but now they've got the all-purpose field on it, and they're using it. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see that they're uh, putting it to good use over there and, and bringing kids uh, into, the, into the city to play baseball and keep that love for the game going. What are, what are your memories of the Tigers growing up? Some great teams. Um, I remember they had some playoff runs there when they had some, some players like um, Prince Fielder, Meglio Ordonez, especially that home run that Meglio Ordonez hit off Houston Street here back in, I forgot the year, I, don't quote me on it, but early 2000s, 2006 was it? Yes, I remember that, yep. And you don't remember the years before that, I hope, because there were some painful ones. Uh, do you remember Verlander in his first years here? Yeah, he was dominant. I remember watching him, especially when I was at Wayne State, um, just kind of studying the way that he uh, pitched the batters. And, and I tried to you know, just watch a lot of his outings and see if I could learn from his success. And uh, you know, it definitely helped me in my career, and especially at the collegiate level, being able to set up hitters and attack the strike zone. So you studied him very closely. I did, yeah. I mean, he, he was he's a big name here in Detroit. Everyone knows who he is and, and what he's done for the city. Um, it was just it was pretty special to watch him coming up and dominate at this high of level because I know how difficult it is. We talked quite a bit when you first came to the team. You've had some time here. I've seen you out working with Jim Brower and others. What's something they have given you since you have been here? You know, they've, they've let me kind of just be me here. Um, they say if I have any questions or concerns, don't feel free to come and talk to them. I went through a little bit of a stretch earlier this uh, season where I couldn't really find my breaking ball, and, and they really helped me kind of get back, get it back and uh, use it as another wipeout pitch for me. So anytime I, I'm feeling a little off, they're there for me. Another thing we've seen with the bullpen, and it seems like, I mean, there have obviously been so many arms, but something they are preaching is really, you know, you talk about up and down quite a bit in the strike zone, but in and out it is something that's been quite effective of late. Yes, uh, you got to be able to pitch to both sides of the plate as well as at the top and the bottom of the strike zone. At this level, predictability, you don't want to be predictable out there. Uh, that's when you kind of get hurt. When you live in one area in the strike zone for too long, these hitters make adjustments. It doesn't matter how hard you throw, they're going to hit the ball. So I try to go up there and move the ball around, keep the hitter off balance, and, and use my defense. 
What have you gotten out of the opportunity to pitch in close situations and toward the end of the game? I really enjoy it. Um, this is really like one of the first times besides last season in my career where I really got a chance to pitch in high leverage moments, and I'm trying to, to run with the opportunity here. I, I enjoy the adrenaline. I enjoy uh, the game coming down to me making uh, you know, or executing a big pitch in a, in a big situation. It's fun. It's not easy, but uh, I'm enjoying it. And it is different. You just mentioned the adrenaline there. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> you really have to just slow the game down because the game speeds up on you. Um, the pressure is when you come in the game, you, I try to flip the pressure back on the hitter. So that's why I try to get ahead early in the count, put the pressure back on them, and get that momentum back in our favor and bring our, get our guys in the dugout to hit. All right, last question. After the game, where's the best Coney dog? Ooh, downtown. Was it, uh, was it Leo's Coney Island downtown? Okay. Yeah, that's my spot. Yeah. <laughs> Do like those. And eat those in multiples. One is not enough. They're not big. That's correct. Yes, you need more. <laughs> more than one. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Shannon. And now Aaron Goldsmith with Luis Clemente. Luis Clemente, the son of Vera and, of course, the great Roberto Clemente, the president of the Roberto Clemente Foundation. First of all, Luis, it is such an honor and a privilege to have you in our great ballpark on a day where we honor one of the greatest hitters of all time and someone you're very close with, Edgar Martinez. First of all, thanks for being here. Aaron, it's great to be back. Uh, First time I came here was in 2001. And I had the honor of having my son, my second son, Robbie, uh, christened the All-Star game by running the bases. And the most impressive thing that happened was at one point uh, I hear the crowd just a big roar and everyone's getting up. And when I look at the big screen, they had that image running side by side with him. It was the most impressive thing. So uh, it's so awesome to be back in Seattle, definitely, especially for Edgar. Oh, my goodness. What a fantastic memory. Thanks for sharing that. You have a great relationship with Edgar Martinez. Of course, he is the winner of the, at one point in his, uh, late in his career, of the Roberto Clemente Award, the first ever Puerto Rican-born player to win that award. What is it like for you, with your relationship with Edgar and being from the same homeland as Edgar Martinez, to be here tonight and to celebrate uh, what a magnificent career for one of the greatest hitters of all time? I got to tell you, Edgar has been an incredible ambassador for Puerto Rico, for baseball, as a whole, he's been a true gentleman, and I think that the way he carries himself uh, exemplifies what that stood for. So to me, for me to be here representing the Clemente family has a great meaning. I had a, 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 the privilege to speak with Edgar a, a good while earlier today. Uh, people didn't realize he had walked into the room yet, and uh, uh, we were sharing stories, and there were things that he didn't know. I told him that uh, when I heard his daughter uh, mentioned that he didn't know he could run and that he actually played. I said, you know what? That reminded me of Ricky Martin when he says that he took his sons for the first time to a concert. And when they got back home, one of them was looking at him kind of weird. And all of a sudden he said, what's wrong? What's the matter? He says, you are Ricky Martin. <laughs> so, you know, Edgar started laughing. He says, oh, man, you know, uh, he was born a year after I retired. And, um, so he says, you know, the whole, the whole experience of becoming a Hall of Famer, well-deserved. I said, Edgar, you are a great ambassador for us. We're very, very proud to be here for you. And uh, he was thanking me for being here. Edgar mentioned in his speech all the people, the countless people that have helped in great ways and even the smaller ways on his journey to Cooperstown. You've known him for some time. What's your first memory of meeting and interacting with Edgar Martinez? Always a humble guy always someone that was willing to uh, to collaborate and help 
you know, kids. Uh, uh, he participated in some of the clinics that we, we did in, at Sports City at our complex. Um, I got to tell you, down-to-earth guy, very proud of being Puerto Rican and, and, and respectful. I mean, I can give you all the positive, you know, uh, uh, words that would describe him. But I think overall, uh, his true commitment, his true commitment is what, what makes him stand, you know, aside from a lot of the other players and um, his sincerity to the fans, you know, and, and the team. Um, I, I'm very, very honored, you know, to be his friend, definitely. It really is amazing. He has talked so many times about how your father inspired him and helped him fall in love with this great game of baseball when he was a very, very young boy in Puerto Rico watching your father play in the World Series. Can you tell us about how your father impacted Edgar and brought him to where he is now? Well, definitely. I think Edgar used him as a, as a role model. Um, he had a lot of respect for him. And basically, once again, his aunt was an incredible fan of dad's, and that's how he, he got connected to dad uh, by watching the games with his aunt. And um, he said that he was kind of like a, like a guardian angel for him in his whole career. So, you know, more respect to him for that. It is amazing that a young boy pretending to be your father in the backyard in Puerto Rico would go on to have this magnificent nearly two-decade-long career with one team in one city, would go on to win the award named after your father for his off-the-charts humanitarian work that, of course, Edgar carried that torch during his career and beyond. Mm -hmm. It really is pretty amazing when you think about it, both coming from the tiny land of Puerto Rico. Absolutely. I think uh, what that did, he opened the doors for those to follow, and uh, Edgar just rolled that that wave you know and he he did he did it perfectly and um like i say you know i think that that in his short career in his short life he was he died at 38 um is amazing the impact he had on people and thank god that edgar picked up on that and and took it to the next level what is the pride of puerto rico for people in this game especially the people like your father like edgar who have achieved such greatness well you know uh when you're born in Puerto Rico, you have a special pride that is undescribable. You know, that there was no other way he would have it. All three of us, his son had to be born in Puerto Rico. Um, and that always knew he represented the Latino players, Puerto Ricans and, and abroad. Actually, not too many people know that that was a co-founder of the Major League Baseball Players Association. And the first meetings took place in Puerto Rico. And um, so what he brought to the game, it was it was amazing. Um, and, and he felt that he had the compromise to open those doors for the rest of the players that were coming behind him. And uh, Edgar was one of them. You know, he felt he felt that was his uh, role model to follow. And I cannot tell you how many people, how people actually react to sports. The sports figures in Puerto Rico are heroes. You know, uh, there's a... Uh, the World Series, there's uh, the World Cup, you name it, everything stops in the island, everything. Right now there's a Pan American Games and everyone's watching, you know, and every time I get I get messages of how, another medal and whatnot, you know, very proud. Uh, Puerto Ricans are very proud. People have a lot of pride in, in our culture and what we in our achievements. And I think that everyone's going to be watching tonight and rooting for Edgar. Your dynamic with your father is so unique. Of course, you're just a young, young boy when he tragically passed away. What are some of the stories? Is there a story or two that stands out to you during your travels, your journeys around Major League Baseball of 
uh, people who knew your father better than you sadly had the chance to know him about your dad? You know, there's, uh, if you listen to people speak, you would think that was not even human. You know, there's nothing negative. There's nothing, you know, it, it's, it's like they're talking about a saint. It's like they're talking about uh, sacredness. Um, and, you know, I said, but he was human. You know, there had to be something he had to do that, you know, made him human, right? And this is, oh, you, you will not understand. But, Dad, um, I think the most impressive thing to me is how he impacted people. And someone like Tom Vilsack, former Secretary of uh, U.S. Agriculture, and he said he was in a game where Dad hit 14 foul balls, 15 uh, pitch, he hit a home run center field. But Willie Stargell hit the, lo the longest home run immediately after, so he took away from that moment. So as a kid, uh, he's when, when they went to take the field, he said that um, he yelled at Dad, way to go, Roberto. So Dad stopped, took his cap and tip and looked at him, kind of like uh, thanking him for recognizing that what he did was a value, right? He says, that marked me for life. Someone at his stature told me uh, my fondest moment as a uh, Secretary of Agriculture was waiting for President Obama to come with the Pope to meet the Pope. And he's telling me this while we're in, my, in mom's house in Puerto Rico. And he says, being here with your family matches that moment. So it's like, wow, you know, so for someone to say that, that's, that's very impressive. So, you know, many, many stories, many stories. I've had people who while others are asking for my autograph or a picture, I had this lady in Pittsburgh uh, uh, that she said, uh, all, I, all I want is a hug. And when we hugged, it was, we kept getting tighter and tighter. And, and it was like, I felt dad really giving her that hug and she felt it too. And she was, I was in tears, she was in tears. No words had to be spoken. I mean, it's, it's amazing. That impact is still so strong today. Luis, my goodness, you look like a million bucks. It's so good to have you here in the ballpark. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks. Great to be back in Seattle.